Welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 53. We're covering the 2019 Century Tournament of Champions on the PGA Tour. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. I'm Steve Bamford, PGA Tour Previewer at the Golf Betting System. And with me for the first time in 2019, we have European Tour expert, Paul Williams. Good morning to you, Paul. Morning, Steve. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Uh, Just for listeners, we're recording this in the United Kingdom on New Year's Day. Uh, Paul was feeling a bit cranky yesterday, so I think he was in bed by 10.30 from what he was doing. That's been generous. Uh, And I was at the other... (laughs) I was at the other extreme, getting uh, crawling into bed about two o'clock this morning. So uh, it's a bit yin and yang, but we'll be fine. Uh, no Barry O'Hanrahan this week. I think he had rather a heavy one over in uh, over in Ireland yesterday. So he'll be back hopefully for the Sony Open next week. Golfbettingsystem.co.uk is our website. We are available on social media. You can join our Golf Betting System Facebook group. The link is available in the description box. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm available at Bamford Golf. Paul is available at Golf Betting. Uh, look out for the Golf Betting System YouTube channel. We're coming up to 2,000 subscribers on that. Again, I'll put the link through in the description box of the podcast. I present the Golf Betting Show every week on that Golf Betting System YouTube channel. This podcast is available on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and a myriad of different pod channels. You can also listen via our Golf Betting System YouTube channel. Subscribe and follow the podcast. Now, please take time to rate and review us on iTunes. We would love a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts to help spread the word about the show. And it helps to keep all of our weekly content free across the website. That includes, of course, Paul, our uh, predictor model, yep. which is up already. Yep, already, um, already live for this week for... For the last couple of days, actually. Free of charge. We don't we, we don't charge for it. There's hundreds, well, hundreds might be a little bit over the top. We've got lots of variables in now. I mean, this week for Kapalua, we've got stuff in there about Bermuda positive putters, wind positive players, coastal positive players, uh, resort positive players. So people that go well on uh, at tournaments where you've got to shoot low scores. There's a myriad of different mm. stuff in there. Par three, par four, par five performance, greens in reg, you name it. We've even got a variable in there for people or players' performances on core and Crenshaw designs, which it is this is one off. So yes, we're going to push the uh, predictor model a lot harder this year. So don't hesitate to come and use the predictor model free of charge. Right, Century Tournament of Champions, the opening event of the. 2019 golfing calendar on the PGA Tour. Now, if I know, if I'm thinking this right, Paul, you've got a couple of weeks off, haven't you? You haven't got any events for the first two weeks of the year. Yeah, is that right? A bit, bit of a change to the schedule this time round. So the first event is we're well, straight into the Rolex Series actually, um, January the 16th, which is um, Abu Dhabi, um, mm. uh, and then we're off to Dubai. Bear in mind the Abu Dhabi event starts on the Wednesday as well, so. Um, I don't think it will change any of our timings and in terms of getting our previews and uh, podcasts out, but from a punting perspective, well worth remembering that that's a day early. And then after that, it's back to back to normal. Thursday starts um, Dubai, and then off to a new event in Saudi at the end of Jan for uh, the third leg of that uh, Middle East swing that kicks off the European Tour season. I saw that Bryson DeChambeau is playing in the Dubai Desert Classic this year. Yeah, that was on his Twitter feed the other day. Yeah, there, there seem to be a few of the uh, top players that have uh, 
committed to some of these early events on the European Tour. And then, of course, as we work through this year, there's some massive changes to the schedule full stop, isn't there? But at the back, yeah. at the back end of uh, the season, um, one would hope that we're going to see a lot more of the uh, top players coming over for, for some of the European Tour events as, uh, as the PGA Tour will have uh, all but dried up by the time we get to September time. So a uh, bit, bit of a change this year, but certainly something to look forward to. Yeah, I think Keith Pelly seeing the um, the post PGA Tour playoff um, part of the schedule as the European Tour is a real strength this year. Yeah. So if you can get the likes of Xander, Patrick Reed, and a few more Americans coming across the European Tour to play the the Rolex Series events at the end of the year, it's, it's going to add a lot more uh, credence to the European Tour. Yeah, yeah. We'll see what happens to the. Uh... Yes, yeah, I mean. Clearly, some of the events middle of the season, you know, April and May, it's a, there's a complete dearth of quality events on the ET this year. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah we'll take it. We'll take and it they've moved. They've moved. Went. They've moved Wentworth to September. Wentworth they, in September. Yeah, um, the the uh, the French Open's in October now. Um, wow. So there's some big changes, but uh, you know, I, I think they've they've tried to work it around the. Uh, the changes over in in the states as best as they can, and uh, I expect we'll feel our way through. Uh, you know, they'll they'll feel their way through the first year of this, and uh, any tweaks and changes that need to be made um, will will come in for twenty twenty. But I think you're right. Some of the the kind of March, April, May events over on the uh, European tour are likely to be pretty uh, pretty pretty low key affairs, um, as yeah. a lot of the big players will be playing out on the. Uh, on the PJ Tour, but uh, yeah, we'll cross. Which, from a betting perspective, from your side, I mean, you're always, you, you don't mind events like that because you can you can find value players at great prices that win tournaments. Yeah, I think there's it, it gives you a different uh, angle of attack, and it's often frustrating when you're on the European Tour. You get a couple of top players come over, and they'll be priced in at seven, eight, ten to one, whatever the number is, uh, and the, the question is always whether you're going to. Attack those players and uh, you know, and almost go one all all your eggs in one basket with the, one of the top players, or ignore them and go further down the field. And whilst you know th- those players who do come across are boosting the odds of players further down the field when they win, and you've uh, deliberately deliberately ignored them, it's um, it can be a bit frustrating. But yeah, I I, I do like some of these lower key events because, as you say, you can dig out a little bit of uh, value every now and again, and uh, it can make a Make a big difference to your year. Doesn't matter what the uh, Rolex series or the, the um, doesn't matter what the, the prize fund is for uh, these events. You know, from a bookie perspective, from a betting perspective, you're, you're still getting paid what you all the time. You know, you're still getting yeah. paid what the odds are. So, uh, so something to look forward to. I think and some some nice new events to get stuck into as we work through the year. It's interesting that angle. I mean, we've got the tournament of champions this week. It's a short field. Clearly, all of the winners from 2018. Um, there was a maximum of 37 could play it. Mm. Uh, Tiger Woods doesn't, Phil Mickelson doesn't, um, and Justin Rose has in the past, but isn't this year. Yeah. So we're, we're 34 players this week. I think we kind of expected which, you know, uh, Rose and Mickelson to, to not be yeah. about, did we? But it's a shame about Tiger, because I think uh, that would have added a added a bit to the uh, bit to the event, but uh, not to be. He... He debuts at Riviera. Uh, Phil Mickelson tends to debut at that um, K- 
career builder, although it's not called that this year. It hasn't got a sponsor, is it? Is it like uh, the, yeah. gold, the, the de- Desert Ch- Classic or yeah, something? Yeah, Desert they call Classic. It? Yeah, yeah. Not to be con- confused with the Dubai Desert Classic. Which Dubai. Uh, it's in a he, similar kind of time. Tends, well, that'll be the week when you're you've got Abu Dhabi. So, yeah. um, he he tends to pop out of that one. But although he's talking about a lighter schedule this year, so we'll see. Mm. But we've got the likes this week. I mean, it is so top heavy. Uh, DJ, the defending champion, favourite. John Rahm has been well backed, quite rightly. Uh, Justin Thomas is drifting a little at nines. Brooks Kepka's available a bit as big as tens now. You've, you've got Rory McIlroy playing for the first time this year, which is an interesting move. And we know that Rory is. There's been this um, constant conversation over the uh, over December about will he play any enough European Tour events? Yeah. He's going to focus purely on the PGA Tour. Keith Pelley's been flying out to have special chats with him to have. Try and eke an extra, extra outing on the European tour. Can he fit it in? All this kind of stuff. Anyway, he's available at eleven to one uh, on his uh, tournament debut. Jason Day's at twelves. Deshambo's at twelves. Reed, who's won here in the past. You know, it's a high quality field. Yeah. We've got Francesco Molinari as well, who's come across. You've actually got all four of the major champions playing this week yeah. in terms of the championships. So clearly, you've got Kepka with two, yeah. Molinari with the Open. And Patrick Reed with the Masters, and you still got the likes then of Simpson, Shafelli, Schif- uh, Woodland, Cameron Champ. How's he going to go in this kind of field? Uh, Leishman, Casey, Bubba Watson uh, is obligatory, well overpriced, forty to one. Yeah. Uh, it's a good, good field as you would expect. Um, let's talk about the course. Now, this is the uh, tournament's always played at the plantation course at Kapalua, um, uh, on, the Ma- the, on the island of Maui over in Hawaii. It's a Court and Crenshaw design. Now, if you're thinking Court and Crenshaw for some course correlation, um, they designed the or renovated the 2014 US Open site, which was at Pinehurst number two. But to bring it kind of right up to the current, they're the guys that pulled together that amazing new course just outside of Dallas, uh, the Trinity Forest Golf Course, where they hosted the Byron Nelson for the first time last year. Yeah, that's right. That was the tournament that Aaron Wise won uh, on Bermuda Grass Greens. Um, and that's kind of an inland linksy feel to it. No trees, um, but a lot of ingenuity around the greens, a long golf course as well. So that kind of feel to it with Kapalua. Uh, it's a very undulating golf course, this one. They always say it's the toughest walk for caddies, something like 400 feet of elevation across a round. Yeah, and you can see and that on the TV, work. can't you? You can, you can, yeah, you can yeah, see yeah. the uh, elevation changes on the telly when you, when you watch this particular just, one. Just to run through the stats, uh, course type, clearly coastal. It, it basically hangs on the cliff tops above the uh, Pacific Ocean. Um, it's a very strange setup. It's a par seventy-three. Now it's the only one of the year. Do they have any on the European tour? I know they don't have any more on the P- on the PGA tour. Can you think of a seventy-three on the European tour they've played? No. Um, no. This it is an odd odd setup. And normally, when there's a seventy-three, it's an extra par five, isn't it? But um, in this case, it's a uh, it's one less no. par three, isn't it? Yeah, eleven par fours and three par threes. You got it. Um, so you just your standard four par fives, but people, this is the thing. It's seven thousand four hundred fifty-two yards. But don't forget that's a par seventy-three. It's an undulating golf course as well, 
And this this golf course itself, it features uh, Bermuda grass fairways. It features uh, Bermuda grass um, rough as well. It tends to be two two and a half inches. Um, the greens themselves are very large, seven thousand one hundred twenty square feet in average. They feature Tiff Eagle Bermuda grass, and uh, Tiff Eagle. I mean, five years ago there wasn't the volume of Tiff Eagle Bermuda grass golf courses, but now it kind of is the Bermuda grass of choice on the PGA Tour. Yeah. So recently, TPC Sawgrass has become uh, Tiff Eagle. Um, even over in Malaysia, back in uh, the CIMB Classic back in October, that used to be they used to feature Pasfilum greens. They've turned to Tiff Eagle. So a lot of these courses on the European Tour feature Tiff Eagle now. Um, so we, we can run through a little bit of detail around that. They tend to run quite slow, 10 on the stem, and that's because they're extremely undulating green. So they're large and they're undulating. A lot of grain. You read a lot of stuff from the players around about their grainy greens. You, you tie that in with their undulation, slopes down to the sea, a kind of... Um, there's an element where players, especially players that haven't played it before, misread putts. They expect the putt to go one way or actually it kind of strays straight or it goes even the other. It's a bit of a, it's a deceptive golf course. But key features, very wide fairways. Accuracy, not an issue. Yeah. I mean, we're talking here 63 yards at 300 yards. I know, in comparison I know. to some of the other tracks, and you've put this in your preview, where you're kind of looking... You know, even from 250 yards off the tee, generally circa 30 yards wide. And these are 53. Yeah, it's, uh... 53. <laughs> it's like Heathrow Airport yeah. runway, mate, or JFK. It's 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 for taking on board jumbos and airbuses, mm. these, these these fairways. If you miss a fairway, you, you, must, have, you must have really yanked one. Mm. But um, I think, you know, intricacies on the course. Um Yes, the greens, the speed of the greens, it's quite slow. Um, it's a tough walk. There's a lot of blind tee shots. There's a lot of blind second shots. Um, you can, you know, looking at winners here, you can say it's a bomber's paradise. And, you know, you say the same everywhere, can't you? Length helps. But you also get the likes of players that have won here. Jonathan Bird, he's, he's no bomber. Um, Steve Stricker's run around here. Uh, Zach Johnson uh, has won around here. Stuart Appleby won three titles here. Uh, Jeff Ogilvy, he's no bomber. He's won a couple of times. Yeah. It's one of those courses where you've got to shoot low. Wherever, uh, Whatever year you look at this, apart from the year where they only played 54 holes, DJ won. Yeah, that's blowing um, seriously that year as well, wasn't it? That was serious 40, 45 mile an hour win. Mm. Um, the difficulty ranks are always, you know, they're always a t very, very low. So take last year. It, rate, it ranked 47th of 51 courses on the PGA Tour in terms of difficulty. year before that, so 2017, difficulty rank was 50 of 50. And it, you know, that's just the way it is. It's an easy golf course. So we're looking for guys here that can make plenty of birdies. They can throw in an eagle or three, even better. But they've got to be able to keep bogeys off that card. Um, and the other key to this golf course is the direction and strength of the wind. Now, a lot of golf courses, you look at the wind and it, oh, it's going to be howling 20, 25 miles an hour. And you think that brings the scoring down. But the key here at Kapalua isn't so, it, it, it isn't so much the total strength of the wind, it's the direction of the wind. Now, out, out in Hawaii, they basically have what they classify trade or Kona winds. Trade 
are winds that come uh, from the east, and those are the predominant winds out here, or Kona winds are from the west or northwest, southwest. Um, and in terms of this golf course, uh, the the trade winds is if it's a trade wind direction, so anything from the northeast through to the southeast, um, that is the direction of wind that this golf course is built and set up for. It actually makes the golf course play shorter mm. because a lot of the holes you've got a following wind or wind coming over your shoulder. Yeah. Um, if they have Kona winds around here, you start getting more problems because you're playing against the wind on a lot of holes, which usually are far more sc scorable. Mm. And just to put things into context, this golf course has actually got six sub 400 yard par fours. So gettable par fours, uh, there's a, uh, if we're talking also about par fives, there's a, on the front nine, you've got a 532 and a 521, um, two par fives at those yardages. I mean, modern day golf, they're reachable for the field, really. Yeah. Uh, and then on the back side, you've got longer fives. You've got the 555-yard uh, fifth. But again, if that's playing with a trade wind behind you, that could be virtually reachable for you know predominantly 80% of the field. And then we've got that hole that we all know, that huge, long 663-yard par 5 18th closing hole. Um, the one that just curls down the hill and it looks like, you know, it, it, the green's almost about to fall off the uh, edge of the cliff. Yeah, yeah. But yes, it's scorable. And this year, again, we are, I think we're looking at quite strong winds. It's a case of two here. Uh, the Thursday and the Friday, looks like it's going to be blowing. Yeah, kind of 20, so 20 25 miles an hour by the looks yeah, of it. Yeah, potentially gusting 30. Mm. But again, they're trade winds. So the golf course will still be scorable to those that are comfortable in the wind, those that can play well in the wind, and this is often well forgotten about, those that can also putt well in the wind. Because a lot, of, a lot of players struggle with wind on the greens, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they do. They just don't like they it. They do. And, you know, given that they expect it to be windy here, it's part of the reason that the, uh, the, the green speeds are kept so low. And, uh, you know, again, some players don't get on with 10 stimp greens they you know they'll, they'll need the 12 13 14 that they're more used to so there are some intricacies with this event that uh, that give you something to uh, to grab onto from a punting perspective winners here dj 2018 he was 24 under jt i was on board jt that week uh 22 under in 2017 jordan spieth 30 under now that was that was relatively Tranquil that year, yeah. 2017, uh, 2016 rather. 30 under, record Mad tournament cross, score. Yeah. Uh, Reed in 2015, 21 under. Zach Johnson in 2014, 19 under. Then we go back to Dustin Johnson in 2013. That was the 54 hole tournament. He won at 15 under. People were getting in the each way payout places, top four, with 9, 10 under that year. Yeah. But that was blowing oh, hooly. Yeah, yeah, I remember the first round that got uh, cancelled in the end, didn't it? It was uh, it, it was gruesome out there with the wind. Uh, winning prices: Dustin Johnson was fifteen to two last year. Justin Thomas was twenty twos. Spieth was a five to one shot. Reed was twenty two to one. 
Zach Johnson, 14 to 1. Dustin Johnson back in 2013, 14 to 1. If you actually look at the past five renewals average, it averages out at 14 to 1, the average price of the winner here. The overall average across going back to 2010 is 17 to 1. So of all of the winners since 2010, only Jonathan Bird in 2011 was a longer price at 50 to one he won. Everything else is that kind of either very short single digits. Yeah, or kind of mid twenties. That kind of yeah. juicy, you got it. Anything around those that 12, 14, up to 22, 25 to 1. Mm. So that's just an indicator of where the winning price is. Key constituents from a, what are we looking for from a skill perspective? Easy to say, um, but basically you need a Good old, good old roll, all round golfer. I mean, I've, I've taken I, one of the things I've added to my um, trend or my previews, um, which again, if you haven't ever, ever read one of my golf betting system betting previews uh, for the PGA Tour, um, I'll put a link in the description box. Uh, one of the things I added for this year is a strokes gained tournament trend. So take the last three winners going back to 2016. What did they all do off? the strokes gain numbers to win. So um, if you look at DJ, JT and Jordan Spieth, going back to 16, an average what they did. Uh, strokes gained off the tee third. Strokes gained on approach seventh. Strokes gained around the green sixth. Strokes gained tee to green. Now, I don't think I've ever seen this before. DJ first. Justin Thomas first. Jordan Spieth first. Mm. So this is what I'm saying. All round gain. Yeah. They all um, were the masters that particular week from tee to green. And then that's clearly then creating the best, the best birdie or eagle opportunities to, to get those scores done. And, of course, if they do miss a green, the ability to actually scramble enough to, to keep pars rather than make really damaging bogeys. Yeah. So we're looking for all rounders, which yeah we are. Uh, and, and to get in a in a high quality field like this, isn't that easy? Because you could you well, could no. pick any of the top ten, couldn't you? You could. I, the, the key is, and look at these stats: stroke gains, strokes gained, tee to green is clearly critical. But then you've got to be able to score once you're on board, haven't you? It's uh, it's going to come down ultimately to who's going to make those putts. Um, but to get yourself into into that position, you know, either through proximity or maximising greens and regulation or Maximising strokes, gain tee to green. Um, you, you've got to put yourself into that spot where you can make those birdies and yeah. eagles. It's interesting, isn't it? And this is a discussion you and I have often had. If you actually take the strokes gain putting number for the three winners, yeah, it's seventh in the field. Strokes gain putting, they were seventh in the field for mm. that number, yeah? If, as an average. Yeah. Um, if you look at putting average... And go back to 2010 of the winners. The, the basically that averages out as third best in the field, and you'd very rarely see a number that low. No. I mean, take DJ last year. Uh, he was eighth for greens of regulation, uh, 23rd for proximity to hold. But he pretty much when he was on the dance floor, he was holding things. 1.63 putts per GIR. He was first. Yeah. Justin I... Thomas one 1.68 putts per GIR first. Jordan Spieth. 1.62 putts per GIR first. 
God. So the last three winners of all top putts per GIR. Yeah, you, you've got to be putting well, haven't you? And you know, to get to a, well, speed thirty under, but but more generally, kind of low to mid twenties, you've got to be making some putts. And DJ this time last year clearly was making some putts um, on, a, on his first outing of the season. So we shall see. Mm. Right. Where should we go? Well, I suppose it's a good time as any. I've kind of avoided um, the top names in the market. I don't know about you. For me, DJ, I just don't think is right at the moment. No, no I still think there's got a lot of got a lot of personal yeah. stuff going on, isn't he? And he wasn't in his outings post Ryder Cup. Seemed disinterested or. Yeah, it's not quite right, What's is it, DJ? I mean, with all of these, and the caveat with any of these early season events is, you know, we don't know how these players will have fared over the over the winter period, how much golf they'll have played, how much you know, celebrating and partying they've been doing, how much how much personal strife they may have been going through. Um, but going back to the last time we've seen DJ at the back end of last year, it, it didn't seem, he didn't seem right, did he? And... Um, you know, the flip side of that is this event has tended to throw up quite a few repeat winners over the years. So, um, you know, for those looking at last year's performance from DJ, where, you know, he was outstanding, wasn't he? Uh, you know, there's a case to be made on that. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Steve. I, I, I can leave him alone at um, the best price of 11 to 2. 19 PGA Tour victories. He has defended a title in the past. Yeah. Which was the Pebble Beach 2009 and 2010. So he has done it in the past, but yeah, I don't know. He just doesn't feel right to me. He doesn't strike me as the kind of player who would be overawed, um, you know, no. mentally by by defending. I think it's more about the state of his general game and his, his gen general kind of mental state. And yeah, could be completely wrong, but at the back end of last year gives you an indication that that's uh, he's not not 100 there. I don't think. John Rahm, very popular this week, mm. quite rightly, won um, the World the Hero World Challenge yeah, last good, time he? out, didn't he? He was good. Very good at that event. Um, pop, um, you can see him of the top boys, second here last year on course debut. This is one thing I will say, course debutants here don't tend to, to win yeah. because it is such a tricky golf course. And it's a kind of tournament with a unique feel when you're turning up and you're surrounded by just winners from this year before. A lot of big names can be a little bit overawing for some of the sort of um, the lesser knowns. Yeah, um, I, I, th I think I'm not, put, I'm not. I'm not putting Ram in that category, by the way. But the guy is an enigma. He he he. His numbers are absolutely fantastic. Um, if he has a big year this year, you could see Ram. Uh, Really starting to set course to be one of these players that could uh, could be setting um, or setting the pace um, across uh, future future months and years yeah. because yeah, he's an exceptional talent. This John Rahm, um, whether he's I don't know. We have seen back to back winners of the Hero World Challenge who then cut pop up here and and play very well and win. Yeah. Um, He's got a great game for the golf course in terms of his length off the tee. Um, he's clearly went on form, a very good putter. He likes Tiff Eagle. 
I think his Earth Course win um, over on the European Tour. That's that's Tiff Eagle there, isn't yeah, it? That's, uh, yeah. the, the Earth Course, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's so a lot to like with Ryan, isn't there? And as you say, you know, last year's debut uh, second, you know, there's only good DJ was you know, head and shoulders above everyone else. That's um, you know, he, he didn't really get a chance of uh, of winning this time last year. But um, he's in decent nick, and this is much more up his alley, isn't it? In terms of a twenty under, twenty five under. Uh, total. Um, that's that's John Rahm. That's what he wants to do. I mean, for me, if I was picking one out of the top of the market, undoubtedly Rahm would be the one that I was going with. I'm not. I'm not going to back him. Yeah. For me, he's too short of sevens. I don't. <coughs> I, 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 I want to try and find a little bit of value in this this field. But um, if I was uh, pinned down and uh, asked to name a player at the top end, it would be Rahm. I think. I agree. Concur with that completely. Um, JT next up at nines. I don't. I, I'm. I think JT isn't quite right either. Mm. Um, has the perfect game again. Clearly a winner here in the past. Just don't. I don't get the feeling that he's quite switched on at the moment. Um, Brooks Kepka then they're kind of tied in the market again. I think Kepka's finished third here in the past or third or fourth. He's he's been he's certainly contended here. Uh, I think that was on potentially on course de- de- debut. Big, powerful uh, yeah, sort. Yeah, yeah. yeah third in 2016, wasn't he? That, although he's rock, he was rock bottom last year, so yeah, a bit of chalk and cheese. Then. You don't ever... Yeah, this is it. With, with, as you said a few minutes ago, you, you just quite don't, not quite sure what you're going to get with some of these players. Mm. Um, he won the CJ Cup, didn't he, uh, in the autumn? Yeah. Uh, following on from the two major victories. Uh, and then he went out and two... He went out to Japan to defend his Dun, uh, Dunlop Phoenix title. Yep. He was actually going for a three-peat. He'd won that in uh, 17 and uh, 16. And he kind of didn't get anywhere near the lead in that. So I don't know what you can read into that. Yeah. i tell you where I'm at with this. You, you're then down to the likes of Rory McIlroy yeah. and Jason Day. I, I don't overly fancy... Any either of those guys, I'd be fascinated to see how McElroy plays this, you know, because the go- the golf course itself, his power, the fact that the driving has been the weakness, but you've got fairways where even Silly if Rory is on one of his traditionally wide days that we see tend to see these days, he might be finding far more fairways than he usually does. Um, the course could set up very nicely for him. Whether he can actually get his head around the greens. Uh, I'm not so sure about because, as we say, players that win this eventually have to be red hot with a putter. Yeah. I think he'll be a factor, but whether he's a whether he's a actual in the heat of battle Sunday afternoon kind of factor, I'm not sure about. Yeah, he's, he's got he's got to putt well, hasn't he? And the other factor with this, and you mentioned that debutants uh, tend to struggle a little bit here. They do. Um, Although Ram was runner up last year, yeah, yeah, was year, yeah. yeah. There's, there's always an exception, but even so, you know, in terms of you know, that kind of price at 15 to two or thereabouts, you, you know, you, you're looking at him to win, aren't you? You're not looking at him as an each way bet. Um, no. And for me, the, the course, there's a, there's a lot of the lot of the sight lines off the tee are, are quite tricky, or you, or you, you you know, you can't see where you're going. A lot of it's, um, you know, you, you, you're relying on your caddy, you're relying on um, an element of uh, of guesswork, I guess. And, uh, and that's where experience of this track starts to come into its own. And um, you know, I, I think these, you know, 
Rory may turn up there and the track may well be something that really appeals to him, but whether he can really excel in it in his first proper outing, yeah, I, I can't really see it myself. I'll tell you where I'm at. Nine of the last ten winners here all played competitive golf in the previous December. Yeah. So be that in Australia or at Tiger's Hero World Challenge and or at the QBE shootout. That's the um, Greg Norman shootout they have where they've got pairs playing. Yep. So nine of the last ten winners, the only exception to that was Jonathan Bird. And if you work also on the pretense that since 2007 with Vijay Singh, all winners here at Kapalua had, had won a PGA Tour tournament with a score of 19 under or lower yeah, before they won this, got to be able to go low. so someone with a, someone yeah, someone that's got the ability to shoot low. So I look at it from that perspective. I, there's also some key stats, but I won't I won't bore you with that. But key stats I look for, basically stats that show that a player has got the kind of all round game we are looking for. Right? Mm. These are the three I've gone for. Um, Bryson DeChambeau. I've gone two and a half points each way, 12 to 1 with ball sports. They're paying five places each way, 50 odds this week. So I'll paddy power just to throw that out there. So if you do want an extra place, ball sports or paddy power are paying five places each way at 50 odds. The others are paying four places. And I have to say, there are a couple of firms this week, or they're in fact, that's funny because this this has changed. One of the firms was paying four and a fifth yesterday, and they've now changed to four and a quarter. Right, okay. uh, there is one firm out there still paying four places and a fifth the odds, which is naughty. Because mm. if you're playing four places for this, you should be paying the full quarter odds on the place. Yeah, to be competitive. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the traditional setup for this. So four and a fifth, that's not good so at do, all. Do, yeah, uh, do, do check before you place your bets. That, uh, yeah, that please do. I'm not, uh, I won't name and shame, but you know we know what we're doing. Don't, don't go for the bookmaker that's offering four and a fifth. That's terrible value. Paddy Power and Boyles are offering those five places out of 50 odds. Uh, everyone else bar another, bar one bookmaker will go four and a quarter. We're recording this on Tuesday. Um, so yeah, Bryson. Very, very strong all-round game. Um, has played here last year. Didn't do anything great. Um but I just like his stats are very, very well-rounded at the moment. He shot 21 under when winning in Las Vegas in the fall or in, or in the autumn, as we know it over here. But I just like the fact that he's also been playing golf late into the year. So uh, he was 12th at the Hero World Challenge out of a field of 18. But don't worry about that. I mean, DJ was 14th in that last year, came here and won. He shot a closing round four under 68 at that event. And then I think it was a week or two. Oh, yeah, it was the week after. He then played the QBE shootout with Kevin Nahr. And he finished just two off the lead with Nahr in that. He finished in third spot. And that event is all about just attacking birdie golf. Yeah. Um, I watched some of it on YouTube of, of his play. He, he was hitting the ball close, putting well. Um, he's got a half-decent record on Tiff Eagle with Bermuda Grass. He finished second at Bay Hill last year. He's got a third and a fourth at Harbour Town. I've got no issues at all, the fact that he can't putt on the Tiff Eagle Bermuda Grass. And I just think of the 
of the better known uh, marquee names and guys that have got a track record of winning recently, um, 12 to 1 was a reasonable price on DeChambeau. I know when Tiger Woods withdrew, the, it, there was 14 available. That fell to 12. But actually, just, and the, these, the, I put this in the preview. You take the last 18 months, Paul. Um, the, the the two guys with the most wins on the PGA Tour, five wins each, DeChambeau and Justin Thomas. Yeah. Oh, he's been a machine, hasn't he? Up to fifth in the world you, as well. You cut that to 2018, so just last year, no one beat him. No. He had four wins in 2018. The next best were DJ, Kepka and Watson, Bubba. Yeah. Three wins. Yeah. The three of those wins. Oh, yeah, I'll in, take the twelve as well. Yeah, the three of those wins coming in his last six regular tournaments as well, weren't they? So, you know, clearly in red hot form at the back end of last year. Well, I've been reading about you know John Rahm and whatever he's he's done won so many tournaments in sixty some odd starts, yeah, which clearly it's it's a superb performance. But I tell you what, DeChambro isn't shabby. No. You take all of his professional outings going back to 2015, and this includes quite a few on the web, uh, a, few, a number on the web.com. He has won out of 84 events. He's won. Uh, he's got a win rate of 7.1 percent. He's won seven. Uh, he's won six times in 84 events since he debuted as a professional. Mm. It's impressive. Mm. He's no slouch, is he? No. No. Um, to back him up, I was interested in Patrick Reed, but I, I'm not overly ex- ecstatic about the price. I think 25, something like that, I'd be all over ra- Reed like a rash. But 16s, he was cut quite heavily with the withdrawals. Yeah, see, uh, uh, he was struggling with a rib injury as well, wasn't he? The back end of last year. He was, yeah. The one thing we read that you and I have been talking about throughout the latter end of autumn was he's hitting a ton of greens. Mm. It was the putter that was letting him yeah. down. If he keeps hitting those greens, at some point he's going to go boom and win a tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, I agree. Could be this week, don't know. The two that I've gone for, um, kind of mid-range prices. Um, I always like a horse for a course. Um, he's just had his fifth child, Paul. Webb. He's, he's producing. He's a busy boy. Yeah, Webb. Yeah, he's producing. And his record here is third, 11th, third in three outings. He hasn't been here for a while because clearly he didn't win until last year for over a period of time. Putted very well last year, Webb Simpson. Um, another number I found with him that amazed me, he was sixth last season on the PGA Tour for Eagles. For a player that doesn't Which say, for, is it particularly long, yeah. That's a, a decent haul, yeah. isn't it? It is a decent haul. And when he uh, when he was third here on debut back in 20... Let's not misquote the year. 2012, made two eagles that particular year. And if I remember Webb Simpson back then, he was buccaneering, uh, a very good putter. Um, so I think Simpson, again, his record at the moment is just phenomenal in terms of results. Yeah, he's strong, yeah. He, he he covered himself in a reasonable amount of glory at the PG at the uh, Ryder Cup. Two points from three matches. Beat Justin Rose in the singles. There weren't many Americans that did a better job than that. Uh, he's actually in fifteen uh, in his last sixteen rounds on the PGA Tour. He's, he's been in the sixties. Sixth at the BMW. Fourth at the Tour Championship. Fifteenth at the Shriners. Third at the RSM Classic. He was a short a shot short 
of the playoff in that. Finished very well. Had a chance to win that, didn't yeah. he? Coming down the stretch. Yeah, yeah. The wasn't far off, was he? But the only negative I can see about Webb, and it is a tiny negative, and let's face it, you know these trends do get broken. He hasn't played in December competitive golf, but then he was third at the RSM Classic, the last PGA Tour event, yeah. in mid-November. Yeah. Um, tends to start the season strong when he comes out on his season on his yearly debut. Um, yeah, it was fourth in Hawaii, wasn't I it? I should say that because you can't say seasonal debut now, can you? Because this no, no, you, wrap around. Cal- he starts year. the year strong. Yeah, yeah, calendar year. Um, I just think Simpson and his, his record on Tiff Eagle from Mudegrass is just exceptional. So if we're going down the route of not a banger, um, an Appleby, Ogilvy, Bird, Stricker type, and a ZJ, yep. um, I think Webb Simpson could be the one that pops out this week potentially. Yeah, can play in the wind, can't he? It's, uh, there's not a great deal to uh, to dislike, to be honest. And for me, he he's the kind of guy that can shoot those those sneaky low scores that are required. Twenty three under, he won the Shriners Open back in twenty thirteen. So he he's not shy when it comes to resort uh, style golf courses mm. in terms of scoring. And the final one, you and I were talking about this at the World Darts, going way back into what seems years ago uh, when we had our Christmas party. It was a great Christmas party, by the way, listeners. Paul and I going to the World Darts uh, for an afternoon session where I didn't understand, I didn't, I hadn't heard of any of the players on the Ocket. Yep. It was, it was superb stuff. We, we nearly lasted the full four matches as well. What until I decided I'd had a far, I'd had more than enough queuing up twenty minutes to go for a, uh, to go to the toilet. Yeah, yeah, it was it was good stuff. And then we decanted to our usual uh, pub in the in in the centre of London. But when we got to that pub, Paul, we were discussing the cap because there were a few firms already up with prices. Yeah. This player, he, he he was priced up with Paddy Power on first shows at forty to one for this, yeah, and we man. we both said on that day at the that's a silly that's, it's, it's a bad price, it's a wrong price, it's totally overpriced. Now, by the time I managed to get the preview written and out yesterday, and with you know with Woods withdrawing and and Rose withdrawing, blah blah blah, he'd been backed in. But I'm still all over him like a rash. Mark Leishman, one and a half points each way, twenty-eight to one with Bet Three Six Five. So you're getting four places each way and full quarter odds with uh, Three Six Five on both my Simpson and Leishman uh, bet this week. I just think that price is wrong. For a player who's playing so well at the back end of the year, it does seem does seem out of kilter with the rest of the market, doesn't it? Well, see, he, to me, he's got the kind of perfect game for this. Um, he's long enough, well, well, more than long enough off the tee. Um, grew up in Australia, loves playing in the wind, a streaky putter. Um, we, we've always said he has the all-round game to win a major tournament. Could be this year. He's that good. Um, it's always been between the years where he struggled. But of late, there is un, no doubt that he has developed... Um, three PGA Tour victories since the start of 2018 and if we're looking for that player that's been playing competitive golf deep into December you know you've got the perfect man here Mm. Um, if I just read this out 2017 he won the BMW Championship in you know a star-studded field at Conway Farms he won at 23 under that 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 tournament Um, last in May of last year 
at Trinity Forest. Don't forget, that's that core and Crenshaw design. He finished runner-up to Aaron Wise. He shot 20 under at the Byron Nelson. And then in October, this uh, last year, of course, but this season, he went to uh, TPC Kuala Lumpur, which features Tiff Eagle Bermuda Grass Greens. He shot 26 under when he landed his fourth PGA Tour victory. You can even stretch it back to 2015 at the Ned Bank, and you know the Ned Bank pool on the European Tour. Yeah. A very tough, stretching Gary Player uh, country club test down in South Africa at Sun City. It was a bit soft that year, but he shot 19 under around yeah, there to win yeah. that. Played well, did play well that week. And then we're looking at this year, uh, this season, Malaysia. Um, he won, of course, as we said, 18th at the CJ Cup. I think he'd had a few sherbets in between the two <laughs> tournaments, but played well from round two through to four. He then went to back to his homeland where he paired up with Cameron Smith, finished second in the World Cup of Golf and behind the Belgians. And then the week after that goes to the Australian PGA Championship and finishes second runner-up to Cameron Smith at that as well. Playing competitive golf deep into December, he was the uh, the 36 hole leader here last year. Shot 76 in the third round and then finished strong in the final round. I just think he's got a great chance. Barry um, was messaging me last night, um, and he he said Bar- he was Barry's um, only bet this week is Mark Leishman. Yeah. He he his words were, I cannot imagine him not being in the mix for an each way place. And do you know what? For the price, I think you've got a great shot for actually winning the tournament. Yeah. So those are my three, Leishman, Webb Simpson and Bryson DeChambeau mm. for the Century Tournament. Uh, I've got here, Century Tournament of Champions. Any, uh, any ones that catch your eye, Paul? Well, I've, I've only had one bet as well, and that, that's Leishman as well. Um, I did toy with Aaron Wise, um, and going back to this, uh, the, the Byron Nelson last year that was played on the, the Corn Crenshaw design, um, mm. with the Wise one, but Again, we've talked about debutants here, and I just had that nagging feeling that you could, you know, you, you could take a gamble on one of these debutants and, uh, uh, you know, potentially pick out a reasonable price on them. And actually, um, they're not going to perform because they need that out and they need a run here to to really get a feel of the track. So um, I've, I've gone past him. I mean, going back to that, to, to the Byron Nelson thing, as you said, um, uh, Leishman was second, wasn't he? So, you know, there's. There's a lot to like on him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, uh, looking through uh, looking through Leishman's stats, um, he led the field for putting at the CIMB, uh, 1.53 on on similar um, uh, similar greens is a, a real eye opener. Um, second for putting yeah. uh, to the Aussie PGA in his last start as well. But with uh, with Leishman, I'm looking at his greens and regulation stats the last two outings as well. 83.3 at the CJ Cup. And as you said, that was coming straight off of his win at the CIMB. And um, and we've seen with uh, we've seen with Mark that he does like to celebrate a win. Um, yet he was still hitting a lot of greens the following week um, on his way to 18th yeah, yeah, yeah. place. And then he was second for greens. And oh, for 54, the closing 54 holes when he wasn't hung over, he played very yeah, well. Would he open with 75, 76, something like that? Oh, it was, yeah. it was yeah. it, you know, it took himself out of the equation from the start, didn't he? But... Um, but the rest of the event was, you know, it was pretty competitive. And then he was second for greens and regulation at the Aussie PGA. Uh, you know, he's got obviously got the pressure of performing at his homeland, and um, it'll be disappointing not to have converted that one. Um, but I think he can put that right here. Um, he, was, he was leading going into the, the weekend, wasn't he, last year? He's, there, was a, there was a lot to like about him last year. It was only that one round on the Saturday. 
And you know, for, for a player this deep into his career, I think he's still improving. I think he's still moving. Forward. I'd be mega, mega, mega surprised if we've got a leaderboard where Dustin Johnson, John Rahm, Justin Thomas, Brooks Kepka, Rory McIlroy—they're all at the top going into Sunday. If, you know, it's a battle of the giants yeah. for this. It never works out like no, that. No. I think you'll get one or potentially two of those guys near the top of the leaderboard, right on the pace. But you're going to get some of the underlings involved. Yeah, yeah. some of the underlings will get involved. Could be a Patrick Reed. Could be a Bryson DeChambeau. Could be a Xander Schofle. I mean, it could be a list of players, but I would not be surprised if it is Mark Leishman. No, no, me neither. Uh, so he's my one and only bet this week, and um, I think he's got a great chance of placing. And uh, as you said, as the quote from Barry before he'd uh, he'd had his uh, his quota of uh, whiskey last night was absolutely spot on. I'd be. I think. No, I think it was after he'd had his quota of whiskey, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps we should put less credence in it there. But no, he was <laughs> rambling through till two thirty a.m. when I was trying to get my head down. Fine. Um, but I think he's right. I think it, you know it's it's not just a place you're playing for. I think he's I think he's got a chance of winning. He's he's capable of getting the kind of winning score that's uh, competitive for this event, and uh, he's got the game to suit and the form to suit. I think he's a great punt this week. Um, he's going to be very popular. He's already proving popular, and there's only a little bit of twenty eights left out there if you shop around. But uh, but yes well worth taking him on against the leaders, I think. Now, we've had plenty of feedback, Paul. Give us some overpriced players, players who you think are value from a betting perspective or even from a DraftKings perspective. Mm. Yeah. Um, what kind of names are jumping out at you this week? Well, if I'm looking from a, from a DraftKings perspective, I think the one that sticks out to me is probably Scott Piercy, um, given his um, mm. form at the back end of last year, three back-to-back uh, top yeah. ten finishes. He's got a bit fifth, tenth, and sixth. That's right, yeah. And he's got a bit of um, a bit of form here over the years. He's got a couple of t- you know, finished twelfth in twenty twelve, thirteenth the year after. Um, so you know he's, he's proven that he's um, capable of getting a reasonable enough finish on uh, on this track to to suggest that uh, well six thousand seven hundred on DraftKings is um, yeah is you know, one of the one of the rags, effectively, but um, I think it's better than that. If you if you're looking for someone to uh, to complete your team uh, for this week, if you're looking at this from a statistical perspective, and that you know I'm talking about this all round tag, mm. um, and there was various numbers I threw in there: par four, par five performance, how well they're putting at the moment. Um, there's a there's a couple of key stats from a distance I like with mid irons or um, distance in terms of anything on a on a long approach anything over two hundred yards I like bogey avoidance you know these kind of key statistics. One name that did jump out at me that was only one statistic full of a full house was Keegan Bradley. Yep. Fifty to one. It's not great, is it? It's not great for Keegan. But he's got a, he's got a fourth here, um, and I just think from a DraftKings perspective, I, I think there's worse players there at seven thousand three hundred in terms of price. Um, I don't think that's too bad. Um, Piercy was another that did jump out at me at that price point at six seven. That is as cheap as chips. The other who I really like, if you're going right down the order from a um, from a DraftKings perspective. And he's been back from pillar to post over here in the UK. Is Patton Kaziah. Yeah. Don't forget, he won the Sony Open last year um, over in Honolulu. 
Um, he was as big as I think it was two hundred to one. He's been backed in now to anything. If you're getting hundred to one, you've you've getting a good price on him. He is six thousand two hundred on, on DraftKings. Yeah, he'll be popular, won't he? And uh, I think didn't he win the QBE the other week? Yep. No. Yep, he did, didn't yep. he? That's right with Brian Harmon. Yep, that's right. Defends next week. Going to be hundred percent motivated. Um, I just think that's a great. Um, DraftKings play yeah. at that price. I mean, that is that's crazy. If, if you're looking for someone at that life. kind of price to plug the uh, the final spot of your team in, then yeah. Uh, and you know, Pat and Kaziah's game. It is. It's resort golf, isn't it? Always has yeah. been. Um, he was fifteenth here on his only outing here last year. Um, so a reasonable a reasonable start for, as a course debutant. I just think I think Kaziah could go um, well, especially from a Let's fill um, the team up with someone that's at a very, very cheap price. I think Kaziah is an outstanding um, angle this week. Yeah. Have you got any thoughts on Charles Howe the third? Well, we know he loves playing by the coast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Obviously, got the win at the back end of the year, didn't he? Got that monkey off his back that's uh, eluded him for a number of years now since his prior prior win. Um, He's at that kind of backable price, isn't he? Um, Sixty-six to one. Whether he can win in this kind of or con- contend in this kind of uh, field quality remains mm. to be seen but um, from a DraftKings perspective again he's not one of those players that you kind of expect to churn out a half decent result you know a 7th or yes. an 8th or a 10th or something and, yes yeah, know, yeah 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 um, you know, seventh- could even start the first round slowly yeah and then all of a sudden you know he's just banging in some nice scores once the pressure's off yeah. You could see that from Charles, couldn't you? And from that, you know, making making the odd eagle or bow yeah, to to really boost his score. He's only played it twice because so we know he doesn't win a lot. Sixteenth on debut, going back to two thousand and three. Can you believe that? Eighth here last time in two thousand and eight. Seventy four, seventy. Here, listen to this: seventy four first round, seventy sixty eight, sixty seven. Yeah. yeah, came from sixteenth and finished eighth. You could see exactly the same with Charles Howard yeah. third. I think he's a great DraftKings player. And yeah, if, if he's producing that uh, kind of top ten finish for you, then he's, he's he's likely earning you some money. The other one near the top of the market mm. is Patrick Reed, who's a bit out of kilter with his price versus his DraftKings um, price as well. So he's eight two and um, round about the fourteen sixteen to one mark, and realistically, he should probably be about a thousand more in that kind of bracket, eight hundred thousand more in terms of uh, his DraftKings price. But then that's you reckon he should be nine million around the yeah, nine million mark. He should, yeah. should be around about nine. He's uh, he's currently eight two, which um, I think is a little bit too short. So I suspect he'll be one of the higher owned uh, players this week as a result of that. But uh, quite rightly, just well. just for list, yeah, just for listeners, that nine million would put him level with Jason Day, yeah. and I, I would take Reed over Day yeah. personally. Mm. Plenty to ponder. Interesting. Very good. Anything to add? What was that us? No, I think that's us, yeah. So we've got the uh, Sony Open next week and then uh, the week after we're back to full speed with uh, events both sides of the pond, haven't we? Yes. So for podcast listeners, we should be back on schedule as we usually are. So we'll, we, we will be recording Monday evening next week and we'll get the podcast out first thing on the Tuesday. So it's back to normality from next week with the Sony Open. Right, I appreciate your time, Paul. Thank you. Yep. Giving away some of your New Year's Day to the podcast. Yeah, best of luck this week. 
I'm going to go and try and retrieve my car that's about 30 miles away in a different <laughs> town. Yeah, good luck. Once I've sobered up a little. And um, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, we are looking at regular weekly podcasts throughout 2019. We've got an absolutely packed major schedule with I think is it four majors in 15 weeks yeah. from the from the Masters it's, onwards it's going or something to be like manic, that. Isn't it? It's going to be great. We're at, we're we're uh, we we are refreshed and looking forward to it. So thank you, Paul. Again, uh, happy New Year to yeah, you. Happy, happy New, New Year, Year to all listeners. And we will be back next week. Thanks for listening. See you again soon.